Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking tax loopholes, savers paradise, and shopper revolts. Joel, this is our Friday flight where we are going to talk about the best stories that we came across this week. And by the way, the reason we call it a Friday flight is because when you go to a craft brewery and you ask for a flight or actually recently we, we discovered you could do the same thing at a distillery. That's right. You get a little, uh, we, we went up to the bourbon country and uh, this past weekend. a few distilleries. Yeah. And you can get a flight, just a little sampling of a selection of, in, our, in this case, whiskeys or craft beers. That way you don't have to commit to the entire thing. You just have a, you just get enough of it to know what's going on. Yeah. That's, that's essentially how we, uh, we treat our Friday flights. We, we curate, curate the news stories for you. The, uh, the ones that are personal, have something to do with your personal finances. So we're going to kind of detail what they are and talk about how they impact you and your life and your money. But if it's a story that you're not interested in, no big deal. It's just, we're just going to talk about yeah. it for a little bit. <laughs> it's just a sip, just a taste. <laughs> exactly. But before we get to all those stories, Matt, I wanted to quickly mention uh, breaking news on the personal finance front. And I know you will probably follow this with robust intensity, but Sam's Club just announced they're lowering the price of their hot dog drink combo by 12 cents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The hot dog wars are, I mean, do you think Costco is going to do anything? Shots fired. These, uh, is there going to be some sort of war guess, that commences? Guess how many times I've gotten a hot dog drink combo at either Sam's or Costco? Um, two times. Yeah, zero. Oh, really? Never? I've never. Dude, I, you know how I am about hot dogs. Hot dogs are weird. Oh, man. You've heard me, have you heard the term? Uh, it's like the biggest inflation buster in the world right now. separated meat or mechanically separated meat or whatever. Like, that's what hot dogs are, you know? Like, they use these... Giant machines that like crush up all the meat that they can't sell because it's gross. They create this. You've seen these videos, right? Like where they create create this pink 
paste essentially. Well, and I, I've seen like that, 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 that's what the, McDonald's does with their burgers, right? It's, well, with uh, chicken nuggets. Okay. It's like this, it's the same thing though with, okay. with hot dogs. Just they happen most likely to have a little bit more beef or a little bit more pork in those. But it's hard for me to get excited about something like this <laughs> when I feel that it's just it's kind of a gross food, you know? Yeah. Like I, I, there are some folks who are going to be down with eating hot dogs more often. And I'm what about not, the good hot dogs? I'm not going to hate. What about the good hot dogs? Like Hebrew National? Are those good hot dogs? I, I think if you occasionally want to eat a Hebrew National or like an organic hot dog, which I don't know how that exists, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all right. But to make that a regular thing, and I'm afraid that this is going to like incentivize folks to to, to want to you know take advantage of the the Coke and the hot dog combo, both yeah. of which aren't going to be all that great for that's you. true that's no all. not terribly healthy i don't want people to go all joey chestnut <laughs> <laughs> next time they go to costco or no. singham's yeah because they're uh they're in a price war that's I'm, all i'm with you on that i'm not a health nut but hot dogs i got this weird thing about hot dogs okay we, we did have a listener email us this week telling not us that fan. we should consider becoming vegetarians and you know i'm not going to say that it's not something i shouldn't think about more i should probably do some more reading on that front and and maybe before committing to that, I should probably commit to not eating hot dogs because they're one of the worst <laughs> forms of meat. Or but. like occasionally, if I, like I'm not going to put a number out there, but just like very rarely, if that's the frequency that we're talking about, I think that's that's okay. That's All fine. Right. One hot dog a quarter, maybe that's what I'll limit myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. Okay. All right. Personally, well, well just news news for you, <laughs> Warehouse Club members. Uh, if you're a Sam's Club, a Sam's Club aficionado, you're going to be able to get that hot dog and now drink combo yeah. for a dollar thirty-eight. And now. now they've got us talking about it here on the show. I it's know. just a publicity thing. All like right. Truly, twelve. We cents. gave them publicity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, let's move on. Let's get to the Friday flight stories we found interesting this week. Let's start off by talking about taxes because uh, tax season is about to officially begin. The, the IRS is going to begin accepting returns starting January 23rd, although you have up until April 18th to get your taxes filed this year. And uh, Californians in a bunch of counties are going to have extra time actually to file their taxes because of some of the insane weather they've had there lately. The, the rain and the flooding that's been occurring in much of the state, landslides, stuff like that. I mean, just quote unquote atmospheric river. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> it sounds pretty treacherous. So it's going to scare you. Wish everyone in California who's listening the best. Hope you're okay. But it's important to note that if you live in those affected counties, you're going to be able to delay your your filing until later in May. But here's the thing. Waiting to file is actually smart for most folks anyway. Because as you, you want to ensure that you have all of your documents in hand. And depending on which documents you're getting, some of them might not come till like early or even mid-March. So you, yeah, you're going to want to make sure you know what's coming your way and that you're not filing before you have everything in hand. And, and something else worth mentioning, we're all about, Matt, you and I, we talk about hiring tax pros. If your tax situation is more complex, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, ooh, that, that's expensive to hire the tax person to help me do this. The, the software, so much cheaper. And... Yeah, it is, but that might be a, a cheap, not a frugal move if you opt for the tax software instead of the professional who knows maybe uh, some of those more specific things that you could save money on when it comes to your taxes. And if you don't have a tax pro that you like, we would say start reaching out now <laughs> to find one because sure. if you get into yeah. April, uh, you're going to have a much harder time finding someone good. They might be like, hey, I'm all booked up. All the good ones are, are yeah. taken up. Right now, they'll take your call, but in April, they won't. So yeah, if, if your tax situation is basic, you don't feel like you have to hire someone. You can totally DIY it, but the more complex it gets, the more it makes sense to hire somebody. And and by the way, if you're going to DIY it, the easiest, best way to do that is by using the IRS free file site, yeah, which is right. up right now. You can file your federal return for zero dollars if your agi adjusted gross income is below seventy three thousand dollars with a whole bunch of providers we'll link to that irs free file site in our show notes 
And okay, so while we're talking about taxes, it's actually important to point out that not every tax deduction that you hear about is a quote unquote loophole. Um, <laughs> This might seem like a minor point, but the words that we use, they're important. We don't personally get to decide how the tax laws, how the the system itself is created. We just have to do our best to abide by those rules that are in place. You know, we talk about using tax advantage accounts uh, to your benefit all the time here on the show. Roths and, and 401ks, they aren't offering tax loopholes. They are incentivizing you to do something good for your future. Uh, and it's not just incentives. Like these are legal deductions that you can take. Like there should, there's, there's no like skirting the law or you doing something shady as long as you are actually, I mean, you can break the law, you, but if you, you take you advantage absolutely can, but a deduction, the is there, it's just a deduction. Yeah. 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 It's like, I guess I'm pointing out that folks shouldn't feel like they shouldn't be worried about, you know, they shouldn't be like looking over their shoulder to see if the IRS is watching if they're abiding by the rules that the IRS state uh, has put forth, yeah. right? Like they should have a very clear conscience. But like we talk about all of these different kind of accounts that you can take part in. HSAs in particular, they are uh, a triple tax advantage account. <laughs> they are absolutely one of our favorite accounts for you to consider if you have access to a high deductible healthcare plan that allows you to open an HSA. Uh, and we actually have a new article up on the site about how to use HSAs. Well, the TLDR, don't actually use the funds within your HSA to pay for healthcare. Yeah. Treat that HSA like an actual retirement account. But yeah, we want to give, give all the details in that article about yeah. how to do it the right and way we'll, so that you're not letting an awesome account kind of become something way less powerful. Going underutilized, yeah. basically. But yeah, we, we just wanted to talk about this, though, because deductions, uh, they, they kind of just get uh, they get a bad rap when you call them loopholes. It's almost as if it makes it seem like that the default position should be that you pay as many taxes as possible. <laughs> right. While well, we're trying to flip that script a little bit, as personally, I would like to pay as few of those as possible as long as the government can run properly. Yeah, but by, I want to pay the amount that I owe, but I don't want to sure. pay more than that on purpose. Right? Exactly. Or, or to like, for, or for there to be some sort of negative stigma around taking perfectly legal deductions yeah. so uh, in order to lower your tax liability. That makes me think of, there was a Facebook post in the How to Money Facebook group this week, and almost always, 99% of the time, people are helping each other out, and they're super nice to one another, which I think is great. There was somebody who was not the nicest, actually, in a reply this week, though. Ooh, and Yeah, I know. Drama. It went down. <laughs> and not the, I say not the nicest because it wasn't Did like... Did you give him the boot? It wasn't like middle fingers. I assume it was a dude. Him. It was a guy. Okay. Yeah. Is so that... there was a young lady who just mentioned... She mentioned that she received student loan forgiveness after 10 years of on-time payments. And she was celebrating that fact. And I think she should celebrate that fact. Amazing. You abided by the rules that are in place. You took advantage of a legal ability to get your student loans forgiven. Hooray. Yeah. But someone was like... Wasn't, wasn't the easiest thing for her to have actually done it's not like it was just a, a completely free handout there's still yeah. there's still like rules and things that you have to abide by and but follow. one person made it sound like that they were taking advantage of all the rest of us taxpayers by getting that loan forgiveness i just don't think that's true and so it, well you could say that about any you could say that about any spending program exactly <laughs> exactly and so look at you over there driving on that interstate <laughs> so i just want to encourage people to take advantage of the things that are that are, that are at their disposal and when that is tax breaks, when that's deductions, when that is forgiveness for certain things. And a lot of people, Matt, they do, they alter their career in order to qualify for some of this forgiveness. They might have gone mm -hmm. into a more lucrative paying job, but they serve the public for at least a decade. And I think they're entitled to the forgiveness that was promised them. Absolutely. Right, let's talk about the cost of pets. Uh, and we're talking about not just the animals themselves, but we're talking about 
pet products that you can buy, the little puffy vests that you, <laughs> you might want to splurge on, uh, talking about the pet services. It turns out that all of these things are costing owners more money than ever before. Shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, I guess. But the average annual household spending on pet-related categories has almost doubled over the past eight years. Uh, and that's according to official data from the BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics. And there's a, an article that we'll reference that we'll link to in the show notes. But apparently pet owners, they now want to be called pet parents. I'm not sure I can <laughs> get behind that. And I think a lot of this has to do with a lot of pet owners. They're essentially spending a ton of money on their pets. Well, right? They've humanized their pets they, in a they, lot of ways. They've humanized them, but then like... I, I, Which I don't leads know, to you, spending you, more money on those pets. Right. But it's not just... I don't know. That's not what it means to be a parent, right? Because if if that's what you think it takes to be a parent, just like spoiling your pet <laughs> <laughs> by like over overspending and buying like the puffy vest or just kind of like, I don't know, pet food that's never been frozen. I'm that's like, like 2% of parenthood. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't. that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe I'm just being grumpy, Matt, today. I hate <laughs> hot dogs, and I hate people who call their pets, uh, <laughs> who refer to themselves as, uh, as pet parents. But, I mean, bottom line, though, like, I've got no hard feelings if the pet parents out there, if they want to shell out some extra dough on their hypoallergenic designer golden doodle <laughs> or something like that, or even a, a fancy at-home fish tank, like a, one of those fancy saltwater tanks or something. But make sure that you have the money on hand to pay for that, because pet ownership can be really stinking expensive. And by the way, pet insurance, don't think that's uh, the solution here. That's not an easy way out because that is not necessarily a, a great way to cover those extra costs that you are likely going to be incurring. Yeah, we've all, always been pretty sour on pet insurance policies because they're pretty expensive and you don't always get out what you're paying in. Can, can we talk about this? We yeah. actually just yeah. turned down a uh, the network, reached out and they're like, hey, you guys, you know, you talk about being smart with your money. How about pet insurance? Yeah. We're like, ooh, sorry. That, no. We can't do that. We ain't got to do that no. because we talk smack about pet insurance. And it's not that it never, ever, ever makes sense. It, but it might pan out. Yeah, but it's 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 not in the best interest of most pet parents, I'll say it. Uh, it I think most of them should be <laughs> self-funding in order to pay for whatever procedure or or medical care that their pet is in need of. Again, like we Re- just, Refer to them, please, as fur babies. Right? <laughs> fur babies. We want people to have more cash in their savings account to pay for whatever their fur baby needs instead of paying for this insurance in hopes that it's going to pan out. And and just, just like any product, like I said, it can make sense for some people, especially for folks who have a breed that's way more susceptible, let's say, to injuries or something like that. But the premium prices, Matt, they go up quite a bit as your pet gets older. So maybe it's cheap when they're a puppy uh, in, in the first year or two of life. Uh, but that's also when they need some of the the least amount of med- potential medical care. So uh, again, we'd rather see you ditch that expensive insurance and be your own insurance company on this one. And I think more of these pet parents are, are willing to spend big money, shell out big dollars to, to, to perform certain surgeries on some of their pets. And that's something that every individual has to consider differently. But insurance isn't always going to cover those expensive surgeries either. So you have to look at the fine print and see what that insurance covers and whether or not you think you are going to be able to, whether it's going to make financial sense for you to take on the insurance or just save up more money for you know those eventual realities of pet ownership. Sure. Yeah. And by the way, I don't want folks to think that, that I hate pets, that I hate animals. Like I'm thinking about our dog's Stella, she was a great Dane. And if there's any dog that you could potentially humanize, maybe more than others, it's one that weighs the same amount that I did. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to point that out, I guess. Like, we absolutely loved her. She brought our family so much joy. 
but simultaneously never refer to myself as a pet parent. Yeah. Um, but the reason we bring this up, though, we just want to make sure that folks are thinking about the total cost of ownership, essentially, when it comes to having pets, just yeah. like when we talk about uh, maintaining vehicles. It's not just the sticker price. It's all the other expenses that go along with yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel like this has a keeping up with the Joneses effect, too, right? Where other people are spending exorbitant amounts of money on their, you know, pet or something like that and they feel the need to do the same and it's not a it's, 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 it feels like an arms race and everyone can just we can de-escalate a little bit you don't need to spend as much as you are spending on your your pooch or on your cat or whatever it is you they don't need necessarily all the fanciest stuff cats yeah. and dogs and all these animals they've survived for years and years and years in relative health and happiness <laughs> before we started spending exorbitant sums on them okay so speaking of budgeting to reflect reality let's talk about housing repairs because most homeowners, they underestimate how much it's going to cost to own a home. Not just We're not talking about pets here. We're talking about houses as well. Uh, the mortgage, that's the, the main cost center, of course, assuming it includes taxes and insurance. But don't forget to factor in other expenses as well, as well like repairs, because those certainly aren't cheap. And we've got some new numbers on the front. Uh, insurance firm Hippo, they report that the costs of repairing a home that you own are on average $6,000 a year. Another recent report from Angie says that they're closer actually to $4,500. But either way, homes are expensive. We, we've always said like a good rule of thumb is that you should set aside at least 1% of the purchase price of your home for uh, you know just like an annual repair that you might have to make just for general maintenance on that property. And that doesn't even include like the more fun upgrades that you want to make yeah. either. And That's so, just literally the cost of doing business. The cost just, of owning a home yeah. means that you're going to be susceptible to likely hundreds of dollars a month in average repair costs. You got to factor that stuff in. It's the cost of keeping water in the right place. You, know, you, <laughs> right. you, you want to keep the, the right water water in the pipes, the the correct water in the sewage and yeah. the right water, you know, from entering your home. Exactly. And as you and I, we have owned many homes now over the years, personal homes and investment properties. And it's true. Like these numbers are, I think, accurately ref reflect reality. I can't tell you whether that Angie number or the Hippo number is more accurate, but I can say, and, and so much of it depends on how big your home is, how old yeah. your home is. There's a lot what of individual of factors. In. Yeah. So you, you have to take that into account, but just saving up and budgeting for those for those repairs that are bound to happen is important if you want to be an adulting homeowner. And and this is just to me also more confirmation that renting is not throwing money away. That's very contrary to popular opinion. I think a lot of people think that, uh, oh, if I rent every single month, I'm burning, I'm burning cash. But that's just not true. And it's not that we're against homeownership, not at all. But it's crucial to know just how expensive it can be before you opt to go that route. Uh, and Matt, and one other stat that I saw this week, a new report from the National Association of Realtors, they found that the typical first-time homebuyer only puts 6% down when buying a home, which means that those monthly costs are going to be even higher too because you haven't saved as much as we'd like you to save in advance of that home purchase. That means more borrowing and with higher interest rates, it means a much bigger monthly payment. And uh, it, it's true. Homes have gotten more expensive. Our home prices starting to calm down. Sure, they're not increasing at the rate that they were. Or have they like, are they taking a step back? In some markets, yes. But it, I, I think it's important to mention that it's not that you can't be financially responsible and still put less than 20% down when you buy your first home. But it's just not ideal. And the, the fewer dollars that you bring to the closing table, the longer timeline you need to have for home ownership to make sure that you're not making a bad decision. 
That's right, man. We want you to enter into that purchase with your eyes wide open. And I'm going to say it one more time. I, I don't hate animals. I, <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad. I feel like that there's going to be folks out there who their craft beer equivalent. They're going to write in and they're going to say, I love to splurge on my pets. And if that's the case, I think that's totally fine. But we yeah. just want to make sure you've got the money for all the different expenses in your life, whatever they are, whether we're talking about housing. And or if a Costco hot dog a day keeps the doctor away <laughs> for you, if that's. See, that's the thing. That's definitely not going to keep the doctor away. I guarantee that. Uh, but we've got more stories that we're going to get to, including everyone's most favorite activity, which is getting stuck in traffic. Who doesn't love that? We'll get to the cost of being stuck in congestion, plus other stories right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, the Friday flight continues. Matt, let's get to the, the ludicrous headline of the week. This one comes from the Washington Post, and it reads, at 155 hours, Chicago congestion at number one as traffic grows nationwide. And uh, Gross. Yeah, it just made me so thankful <laughs> that I don't have to sit my butt in traffic 
almost ever now. Uh, Chicago, Boston, New York City, and Philly have it the worst when you look at the lineup of major cities who have just the worst amounts of traffic congestion. But Matt, I, I like that in this study, they, they didn't just name the cities where it's worst so that you can just completely avoid them, but they, they, they put numbers dollar uh, amounts to the amount of time that's lost mm-hmm. because of this congestion. <laughs> and the typical uh, American, they're not just losing time, they're losing money because time in a lot of ways that you could be earning money with that time. And it, it equates on average to about $869 a year in lost time, thanks to sitting sitting in not just traffic, but in, in congestion, mm-hmm. in congested city traffic. And uh, for Chicagoans, though, who are at the worst end of this, it's $2,600 a year that it's each of them are losing. Just... No, okay, so not from sitting and not from commuting back and forth from work. Right. We're talking about congestion, slowdowns where traffic. you're bumper to bumper, where it's taking extra time. It's yeah, not just the, yeah, hey, the it, that with no traffic, hours. it takes me 45 minutes. It's right. like in no, no, traffic, no. it takes me an hour 25. It's the additional time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 155 hours, that is on top of the standard commute time. Yes, yes. Want to make sure we highlight that. Yeah, <laughs> so, which means, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's preposterous the amount of time. Like, I guess right there in the beginning of the pandemic, there we saw a reduction in the amount mm-hmm. of traffic on freeways and it was lovely there for about six months but it came roaring back and of course we know it's not possible for everyone to drive less if you're a plumber or an electrician you're going to be driving or driving the houses all over town quite a bit there's just no getting around it but stats also show that a good portion of the average person's car trips are optional and so it's important to remember you might be able to choose better times to drive by shifting your workday by coming in early and, and leaving an hour early too if your boss is okay with that uh, the roads are getting more crowded and that's costing you time, it's costing you money, and we would say don't just resign yourself to, to sitting in traffic. Do something about it. That's right. And one of the things that shouldn't be done, I, sh- I should say, uh, is adding more lanes to highways into the interstate. And the reason for that is because it is, it's expensive as I'll get out, first of all. Uh, but then secondly, it doesn't fix the problem of traffic and congestion, because if you build it, they will come. That's a baseball reference there for you, Joel. Feel the dreams. It's been a long time. So research shows that more lanes will initially decrease the amount of traffic and congestion, but it doesn't last. Uh, Because as word gets out, naturally, folks realize they can save time by taking a different route. Well, they they change their driving habits, and it means that we're just back in the same congestion mess that we were in before. And so in particular, with the advent of e-bikes and the, the rising popularity, we should be looking for cheaper infrastructure that incentivizes folks to get out of their cars uh, to get around their city or town. You know, this past Wednesday, we did uh, an episode on ditching debt, how to create a foolproof plan to do that. And you talked about how at the beginning, how sitting, how it's the new smoking. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what, man? Voila, we've got a perfect solution here. Not only can biking more be uh, a benefit, not only can it boost your financial health, but it can also benefit your physical health as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just sitting in front of our computers at our desk. We're also sitting in our cars, in traffic. Yeah, we're just... We're sitting everywhere. We're sitting all the time. And so, yeah, getting on your bike a little more. And granted, we need cities and and municipalities to invest more in alternative methods of transportation. We need more bike paths. Uh, And they're cheaper. They're way cheaper to install than more lanes for cars. So that's what we hope to see. And 
we hope to see you advocating for that where you live. Matt, let's talk about inflation for a second because it's ticking back down, which is nice to see. Like we've seen the the CPI, the consumer price index, falling in recent months. Yeah, that's. A, I, think, I think we've had six straight months now since uh, the middle of last year. Yeah, that so welcome news. Welcome news to see it down closer to six and a half percent than nine percent where it was. And prices are falling on a lot of things, on used cars, on new cars. Tesla actually just announced that they're slashing prices in a huge way. And some of those models that were just uh, in the stratosphere in terms of cost, well, they've cut them down so much that, they, that these models now uh, qualify for the additional federal tax credit. And it's not that the, the prices on everything are plummeting, obviously. We talked about eggs last week. Those are still really expensive. It's for other reasons, though. But downward price corrections are happening, and this is a good thing. And the, the Wall Street Journal, they posed the question this week, are shoppers revolting? Is this part of the solution? Does it make sense to just refuse to buy certain products when a massive price hike is taking place? Yes, of course it does. Like that, That's something that we've talked about a lot on this show, that as prices are rising, you're not just a sitting duck, that you have more ability to change the rate of inflation in your own personal life than you think. And Matt, one of the stats that they shared in that article was that Slim Jim prices <laughs> have gone up by something like 17% recently. What, what is it with you and tubes of meat? I know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but Slim Jims are not, not something I partake in on the reg or almost ever. Sure. <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> Trying to cover my tracks here. <laughs> but like when something like that goes up in price, let's say you are a regular <laughs> Slim Jim user, you, you know, it's, it makes sense when the price skyrockets to say, yeah, I think I'm going to skip out on that. And I think the more that we decide to go on strike as buyers when prices are soaring, the more it does keep prices in check and the more it helps us out as individuals too. Yeah. I mean, if inflation happens when too many dollars chase too few goods, then at least one way to tamp down inflation is for all of us to be more inclined to say no when prices increase uh, and to actually spend less money. And so what you know, whether that means trading down to uh, a less expensive alternative, going with a store brand, uh, or just avoiding that, that purchase altogether, like Slim Jims, uh, <laughs> you speak volumes with the money that you spend, and also with the dollars that you don't spend as well. Um, it, you know, it might be a drop in the bucket in terms of the economy as a whole, but a whole bunch of drops, they add up over time. And either way, it impacts your own personal microeconomy, which is what we care about the most here yeah. at How to Money. For sure. All right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about savings rate, rates, Matt. This was top of mind because something else that happened in the Facebook group, uh, listener Rihanna, she, she said, hey, I'm looking to find the best bank for my buck when it comes to savings. And the truth is there are more options available than there have been for a long time. It really is like a saver's paradise. And what we mean by that is that you don't have to jump through hoops anymore to get a meaningful return on money you need access to in the short term. Savers are being rewarded, not punished, which rocks. And uh, so returns on savings accounts are now north of 4%, which we haven't seen for a long time. Mm -hmm. And rates on CDs are starting to hit that 5% mark. If you're willing to lock up those funds for 18 months or more, I believe Rihanna said she went with a 4.85% CD with CIT, which is killer. And so, yeah, investing, it's still going to be the thing that helps you grow your money for the future. Don't think that savings alone is going to get the job done, but it's pretty darn nice to have a bunch of competitive options these days, right? Yeah. And in in particular, I think what's great is seeing these interest rates being paid by the banks in conjunction with the fact that we're starting to see inflation, like that we have seen inflation, again, drop since the, the middle of last year, because 
when the bank rates were climbing there for a little bit, it felt nice on the surface. But the deeper underlying truth is that we, you know, that that cash was still not able to keep up with the money that we were losing that that was being eroded due to inflation. Mm -hmm. And so what's encouraging now is the fact that it seems like that dynamic has shifted a little bit. It seems like that the interest rates that banks are paying is still continuing to climb, but the inflation rate it's coming down a little bit. And so th th there's just like this lag. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get to this period where we're almost like in a sweet spot, right? Where uh, the, the rate that the banks are paying is higher than the rate of inflation, mm -hmm. maybe to, to make up for the fact that we suffered so many months where our purchasing power was being eroded I mean, that'd by be great. inflation. That used to be the case. I yeah. still remember my Washington Mutual savings account. They're not around any longer. Paid something like 5.6 or something. And inflation back then was 2%. Mm -hmm. So savers actually were still they're, making money. getting ahead. On their money. That just hasn't been the case for a while. But I think we're getting closer to that point. Exactly. Yeah, it's important, though, to note that not everyone is rewarding savers equally. I'm talking about the banks here. The average rate being paid on a savings account from an FDIC insured institution is a paltry 0.24%, which that is disgusting. I threw, up a, <laughs> I threw up a little bit in my mouth when uh, you said that, man. The, the average five-year CD rate is just 0.74%. So you've got to know where to go if you're looking for those sky high rates. Um, chances are the big bank down the street, that brick and mortar, there's just not going to give it to you. Again, look to some of our favorite banks like Ally, CIT, you just mentioned them, Capital One, Discover. Like They're all great banks that have awesome user interfaces who offer competitive rates. Uh, but we'll link to a thorough list of the, the top rates on savings in the country from Doctor of Credit. We'll make sure to include that in our show notes. Yeah, they keep a really thorough list of that. And I think we talk about investing. We want you to be average by getting, being just going into a basic index fund. When it comes to savings rates, we don't want you to be average because that means you're settling for a whole lot less than you could get. Mm -hmm. So th th these are guaranteed rates being paid by these banks, these F FDIC insured banks that are sometimes 10, 10 times the, the national average uh, or, or more. The more savings you, you have on hand, the more you are going to be able to benefit by switching. But I think it makes sense for a lot of folks to ditch their old bank, especially if it's one of the big ones that they've been with for way too long. Sure. But let's talk about pay for just a second, Matt. The, the lowest wage that you can make at Target now is $15 an hour. But Target also just announced that they're raising that minimum, uh, that minimum wage to $24 in certain locations around the country. That The fact that in certain target locations, you might be able to start out as like a cashier or, or just doing basic work there for $24 is pretty incredible. And I think it shows just how competitive the labor market is right now, especially in that lower tier range. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and uh, in addition to that pay bump, Target hasn't just done that, but they've decreased the number of hours that employees need to work to be eligible for health benefits from 30 hours a week to 25 hours a week. Yeah. Getting more in that Starbucks range, that competitive, those competitive benefits. Dangling those carrots, trying to incentivize, trying to attract new hires and yeah. maintain and to keep those new hires. Which I love it. I love it. I love mm -hmm. seeing this kind of stuff happen. It shows that there's still a lot of competition out there for good workers. And we're going to talk more about how to increase your pay next week on the show. But just know there are a lot of ways to increase your income, which is a great goal to have. We're going to discuss that in depth this coming Wednesday. That's right. So that is going to be it for this episode. You can find our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com. And if you've been listening to the show, we would love for you to leave us a solid rating or review wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. So if that's not something that you have done yet, we would really appreciate that. It really, honestly, it helps us to, it helps others to, to be able to find our show. Yeah. Others who are looking to put themselves in a better financial position. Yeah. It takes just a couple seconds and it puts mm -hmm. a big smile on Matt's animal hating face. 
<laughs> Jerk. Uh, but that just, is just kidding. <laughs> that Matt, is going to be it for Matt this episode. Animals. I'm getting I do. I'm getting him a goldfish. Uh, Joel. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.